The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. sure you've noticed the dog breed the french bulldog is absolutely everywhere you know in march the american kennel club announced its top 10 breeds based on akc registration statistics for 2021 and the french bulldog has moved up it is the number two dog behind the number one dog for i think 31 or 32 years the labrador retriever so really what is driving this desire, this acquisition to own a French bulldog. Well, the guests in this special episode of the Pet Buzz are going to tell us. This episode of the Pet Buzz is strictly dedicated to the French bulldog breed. We're going to learn all the positives about the breed, but we're also going to learn about the downside of having this cute companion. Patty, tell us why are Frenchies so popular? I think the reason they're so popular is their size. They are a small dog. They make it very easy to live with in apartments. They do not require a lot of exercise. They require very little grooming. And they're actually a very big dog personality in a little dog's body. They're easy to travel with and they're just comical and they're very enduring. They love their people dearly. Where should a potential dog owner look to find a French Bulldog and why should that dog lover buy from a reputable breeder? Or I guess we should even include that where you can find a reputable breeder. Yeah. First thing I say is go to the French Bulldog Club of America webpage. On there, we have all the information you need how to properly find a breeder. To be a member of the club, we sign a code of ethics and we guarantee or we promise to breed the breed to the standard that was given to us back in the early 1900s. And no matter where you live in the world, every country has a standard and they're all incredibly similar. But in the United States, the French Bulldog Club of America, we give you the guidance and the blueprint to know how to find a properly, correctly bred and a healthy dog. Patty, talk to us about care and training of uh, French Bulldogs. They're very, very easy. Now they can be a little hard headed. So sometimes they require a little more consistency on the trainer's part. We do always suggest to crate train and socialize your dogs, take them out, but still remember that they are a short faced breed. So you have to be concerned about the temperatures in your climates and be aware of um, information of how to take care of the dog properly, whether you live in a very warm climate, but on the whole, there's very little grooming that needs to be done with the dogs. A bath, you know, every once a month, maybe cut their nails, clean their ears. Uh, We just don't find that they really need much in the line of grooming. 
you find the breed now in being shown in obedience, in rally, in fast cat. So they are a very versatile breed. Um, maybe not as quick to take on to things as border collies or shelties, but we have many of them that have high competition titles in obedience, high in trials, and all the way up as far as you can go. Is the French Bulldog a difficult breed to train, and should you be in classes for training? I suggest classes for training, and it depends what your level is, what your goal is. If you're just going to have a house pet, you want might want to go to just a basic obedience class to teach your dog how to stand, how to stay, how to sit, just the normal obedience. If you choose to go on further to do competition, then of course, yes, you do have to be in training. And there are several dogs that we've actually bred that for the past two years at our national have been awarded high in trial awards. So they can, with dedication and work, they can achieve high goals. What's a Frenchie cost these days? I mean, it's one of the more expensive breeds, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I think a lot of that is the expenses going into get a litter, not even going into the cost of the female to start with. You've got stud fees, you have C-sections, you have progesterone testing. So it can add up very, very quickly. But I would think a range from four to $6,000 um, for a pet is what you find the norm. Now, unfortunately, since they are a more expensive breed, there are several groups that say they are rare and you'll see prices anywhere from 10, 15, 20 uh, and up for these supposed rare colors or coat textures. Um, but yesterday, just looking at different avenues for advertisements of these rare dogs, there were over 2000 litters that I found advertised for sale. And out of those only 30 were bred by parent club breeders or breeders of merit. So if you have 2000 litters and only 30 are bred by standard breeders, I just wouldn't call that rare in my book. You don't want the dog. Somebody else is probably gonna right. come 20 minutes after you. Right. A good breeder is never gonna say that because a good breeder wants you to get to know her and her dogs, as well as make sure that her dogs are going, her family members, I should say, are going to a home that's the right fit, not only for the dog's personality, but for just the breed in general, right, Patty? Absolutely, I'm here for the life of a dog, no matter what, my phone is on me 24 seven, and I really do get calls from people that have not even purchased dogs from me, because they know I'm willing to help. And a lot of club members will do that. This is a lifelong thing and people's lives do take changes. Um, we've been fortunate only to have taken one dog back because of a transfer overseas, but it's something that you have to always keep in mind that the breeder has to be there forever. And we always, not all people can come to your home because they do live out of state. And I encourage people, don't always buy a dog from someone that lives local because that's when you make mistakes generally. Find a breeder that you're happy with. You might have to wait. And I find that the biggest problem, most people aren't willing to wait. They, want, they wanted it yesterday. Um, you have to be 
happy with the breeder. You have to be happy with everything in their philosophy. And it's a lifetime uh, relationship. And I want pictures all the time. I'm, and I always tell them, call me if you go to your vet or if you think you need to go. So I can give you my opinion first because I probably know uh, sometimes more than your vet. What else should a potential French bulldog owner know? It's not, it, it's just such a wonderful breed. Um, they're, they make noises, they snort, they are comical. They're just an all around incredible dog. They're great with kids. They're actually good with other dogs. Um, and actually our dogs have been quite healthy, you know, figure the lifespan about 11 to 13 years. And, you know, it's just find a good breeder, a good standard breeder that you can work with and, and know that it's someone you're happy with. Um, look into more than just their web page. Anyone can make a good web page, as we all know. And just remember that they are not always a breed for everyone, but they're a breed for most people. Can you give us your website? bandogfrenchies.com. And there are many articles because I constantly write for the breed magazines. So there's lots of links that I have on there that are helpful. And anyone's welcome to email me or contact me at any time. It might take me a day or two to get back to them because I really do get a lot of people to contact me, but I'm always here for anyone for any questions. And if you're looking for a Frenchie of your dreams, we encourage you to visit the French Bulldog Club of America website at Patty. Give us that website. Okay, it's FrenchBulldogClub.org. So everyone, that was Patty Sosa, director of the French Bulldog Club of America. She has had a 30-plus year relationship with the breed. If this is a breed that you are interested in, please visit the French Bulldog Club of America to learn more about the breed. It's care as well as finding which is key, a reputable breeder. Up next, we're talking to Dr. Dan O'Neill of the Royal Veterinary College about the extreme breeding of this companion pet and what is driving the need to own one. Also, you want to stick around with us because a little later on the show, we're talking about the state of the breed's health as well as how to protect yourself when you are out and about with your Frenchie. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pet healthy you you are listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and veterinarian dr michael fleck we love to communicate with you via social media use the pet buzz social media channels on twitter and facebook to make a comment or ask a question post a picture of your pet on instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality you can also write to us at team at the for more information about our show our guests and our buzzworthy freebies visit us at the Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? 
EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I'm Mark Cushing, the CEO of the Animal Policy Group, and you're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Joining us today is Dr. Dan O'Neill, who is senior lecturer in companion animal epidemiology at the Royal Veterinary College in the UK and co-leads the Vet Compass program as a research and teaching resource. In addition, Dr. Dan chairs the UK Brachycephalic Working Group and is founding member of the International Collaborative on Extreme Confirmations in Dogs and of the Dog Breeding Reform Group. Dr. Dan, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you very much, Michael and Charlotte. This is a real pleasure to be here. Uh, I think we're going to have a really interesting chat. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. So um, I have my first question is very basic, but I think a lot of people are going to want to know, what is extreme breeding and what's driving this trend? This is a one you could settle back and uh, get your sandwiches out because we could keep on going forever. Um, I'll actually almost challenge the term extreme breeding um, because it assumes the emphasis is on the breeding. It used to be maybe 100 years ago, but now it's extreme owning. It's driven because your question is what's driving the trend? Well, it isn't the breeding, it's the owning. It's the desire to own an animal that has diverged quite far from what a dog naturally or innately should be. Um, It is the human drive to have something that we want to look unique and that therefore makes us feel unique. Um, So so it, it is all about the humans. It's not about the dog. You know, it's interesting that you said that because as I read an article this morning about the five rare colors. Now, they did say there were 11 AKC colors uh, for the French Bulldog, but then they went into the blue, blue Merrill and lilac. Now, I personally have never seen a lilac and I don't think it's obviously a true purple. But just the fact that you can tell your friends and people who ask you on the street, hey, I have a lilac French Bulldog. It's so rare. Sounds like a cocktail party. Hmm. Yeah. Conversation. Uh, yeah. That's exactly, you've hit the nail exactly on the head there, Charlotte. It, it used to be, so I was in practice for 20 years, uh, general practice in the UK. I had my own practice near London until 2009. In my practice, I probably had maybe one, two French Bulldogs back then. Um, they really were very, very unusual. So the drive to own French Bulldogs uh, was driven by the fact that they were rare. Now, French Bulldogs are the commonest puppy uh, that's bought in the UK overall, not just even Kennel Club registered overall. So it is no longer rare or special to have a French Bulldog because they're common. They're really common. So what do I do? I now need to get a unique version of a French Bulldog, an extreme version of an extreme breed. Therefore, color comes in and it's huge. And these, the colors you mentioned, the lilacs and the murrows, they will fetch double or treble the price wow. of a regular French bulldog. 
Um, and, and in fact, it is now, I was at um, Crofts a few weeks ago, the largest dog show in the world. I was chatting with some um, breeders of French Bulldogs and their comment was that it's now even getting difficult to sell regular colored French Bulldogs. The demand has just switched to these um, rarer colors. And of course, once those become no longer rare, which they will, then the demand will switch to something else even more extreme. And it, it, this is all driven by humans. This is not driven by breeders. Breeder, the, the people who breed are just breeding to supply the demand. It is humans who are demanding this. Um, wow. It's, it's quite an amazing phenomenon. Just before this interview, I've seen a couple of Frenchies this morning, and I see Frenchies every day. And as you said, you had a couple in the practice 10 or 15 years ago, and now we see them every day. So why is the French Bulldog a prime example of a breed that's suffering so much due to extreme breeding? So let's go back again to humans, right? So, so when humans see a French Bulldog, they see a French Bulldog. Back in the day, we would see a dog. But now we, we have this perception. We've been driven down the line of we're not seeing dogs anymore. We're seeing Labradors or Dachshunds or French Bulldogs or English Bulldogs. We see breeds. And each of these breeds are becoming virtually a species, a unique entity in their own right. But a lot of them have drifted very far away from being a typical dog or an innate dog. So when we look at um, breeds like French Bulldogs, they, they don't have a tail or they have a tiny little tail. Well, dogs have a tail. It's very important. It's for communication with other dogs. Um, it is for developing the muscles around their rear end. Um, it gives them the shape and the outline of a dog. Well, French Bulldogs don't have that. They also have a very shortened spine um, and a very high rate of hemivertebrae. So French Bulldogs are unable to turn around and lick their own bums, for example. Um, so if I'm a dog, I might get used to that, but it means I have a lifetime of itch in that region that I can't get at and lick and, and, and relieve that itch myself. Um, French Bulldogs have very flattened faces, so that means they have problems breathing. Uh, so lots of BOAS, this brachycephalic obstructive airway syndrome, um, really high rates of uh, heat-related illness, heat stroke during the summer. So these extreme um, practices, extreme, mm -hmm. yeah, well, it's extreme confirmation in the dogs. We as humans find them appealing. We think that's really cute. The, you know, the baby face, the flat face with the large eyes, it looks beautiful. It looks like a little baby. Well, from the dog's perspective, it's not so cute. Um, but as humans, we just think about the world from our perspective, what we think is cute. And really, we need to step inside the dog and live a life where you can't scratch or relieve itch on your own bum. Well, imagine that for a life. Um, you know, if you go out on a very hot day, you can't really run around very easily because you, you can't breathe. You can't get rid of heat from your body. Um, so, so this is where extreme is going. The flip side of this is French Bulldogs. Okay, every breed can have animals that aren't very nice, but French Bulldogs are beautiful little dogs by and large, as are Bulldogs, English Bulldogs, as are Pugs. And this is, this is a really sad thing. These are lovely little dogs. So from an owner's point of view, I have a dog that's quite unique, makes me seem special. I have a dog that I think is cute. Uh, that's nice. And I have a dog that is likely to be a good family pet. That's nice. And I have a dog that doesn't need a lot of exercise. Okay, I'm using inverted commas. The reality is it's unable to take a lot of exercise because it, it, 
his difficulty breathing. You know, it's really but interesting. I'm going to make a comment before your next question, Dr. Fleck. But, you know, I remember a few years ago reading an article from University of California at Davis, and it was about the English Bulldog. And, you know, at one point, the English Bulldog was so, so popular. Everyone had them. And uh, I can't remember the professor. I want to name, say his name is Dr. Fred something or other. Uh, and I could never get him on the show. And the research is probably three or four years at this point. I'm sure you're familiar with this research. Uh, Dr. Dan, but it was really about how the French bulldog breed is ruined now, and the only way to fix it would be to breed other dogs you mean into the English it. Bull. I'm sorry, the English bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, it's gotten to the point where you know that breed is so ruined because of the health problems, and also you know think about it. It's you know it's the need to drive, but when you have you know that dog being a mascot for Yale and University of Mississippi, you know that's a whole sub group of people who want those dogs it's kind of like and and you you won't get this dr dan it's kind of like if you went to florida state most people who go to florida state a lot of them have that maroon color car to show their pride i mean it's you know obviously it's different but it's really not it's the same thing I really can't go on anymore i mean i was trying to make definitely a comparison between the um breeding of the uh, English Bulldog versus the French Bulldog. But our time for our segment is coming to an end. Unfortunately, we could go on uh, with Dr. Dan O'Neill. Just to remind you, so we've got to wrap up the segment, but just to remind you, that was Dr. Dan O'Neill of the Royal Veterinary College. To learn more about Dr. O'Neill and this topic, you can go to rvc.ac.uk. Stay tuned. Up next, we're talking to Dr. Jeff Werber uh, about just general health problems that pet owners would experience with the French Bulldog. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So all dogs are susceptible to health problems, many of which depend on their age, diet, and care. But some breeds, like the French Bulldog, are more prone to several health conditions than others. French Bulldog health problems can be severe and worrisome, which is why it's important to be aware of them before adopting or buying a Frenchie. So joining us today is one of my favorite guests, Dr. Jeff Werber. Dr. Jeff is an Emmy Award winner. So impressive. Frequent lecturer at many of the nation's veterinary colleges, is a spokesperson for several national pharmaceutical companies. In addition, he has his own line of pet products, as well as being chief veterinary officer at AirVet, a telemedicine platform for pets and their owners. And I'm sure that you've seen him as a pet topic contributor on such programs as The Dr. Oz Show, Rachel Ray, Fox and Friends. So Jeff, Dr. Jeff, welcome back to the Pet Buzzer. So glad you're here. Oh, thanks, Charlotte. It's great to be here. I know that you, you know, over the years have treated a lot of celebrity pet owners. 
What can you tell us which one of them have Frenchies? There are a lot of Frenchies. Uh, Eva Longoria has a Frenchie, Popea. We would, if you look at that, you would say Popeye. I, you know, Jeremy Pippen was a client of mine a number of years ago. He's a Frenchie owner, but you know, a lot of famous names, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Chrissy Teigen and, and John Legend and Lady Gaga. You've heard of that whole story with her dogs. Were sure. Stolen. Of course. So, of um, course. You know, they, they are a very popular, so popular. I just did a story on my, on this past week's radio show that the number one dog AKC registrations in the nation is once again, for the 31st year, the Labrador Retriever. Sure. Guess what? Number two is now. The Frenchie. The French Bulldog. Wow. Five years, six years ago, you'd, you'd see them somewhere down in the 30s or the 40s, right? Number two to the Labrador. They've beaten out the Golden Retriever, the German Shepherd, the Poodle. I mean, we're talking breeds that are notoriously popular. So let's talk about significant factors in the health problem of the French Bulldog. Uh, so, I mean, there are a number of things. You know, when you think of Frenchie, you're going to think of, I think, three main organs that are going to be affected. Okay. One is the spine. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second is the skin and the third, the respiratory tract. Sure. And they are notorious. I, a lot of these health problems are a result of breeding practices. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Okay. They're passing these genes on. And again, if you look, I don't think there's any breed more represented in social media now than the Frenchie. I mean, I know one problem French bulldogs have is skin allergies. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. They, they have a lot of allergies, um, uh, food allergy for one thing. They have their folds in their faces. So they get what we call skin fold pyoderma. You get allergy and then they got infection. They have their ear problems. I mean, they are, I mean, from a veterinary perspective, they are quite the disaster, but what makes up for them is they are so cute. Their personalities are unbelievable. They, uh, they seem to love each other too. No, I think that's really true because I know with English toy spaniels, um, there are not a lot of them in the country. Right. Uh, it's not that it's a rare breed. They're just not popular. They haven't been popular since the 1930s. Also a brachycephalic uh, breed of dog. And right. a lot of vets don't know how to deal with them, especially when it comes to anesthesia. So a lot of times, but let's move on because what other, you know, issues should potential dog owners be aware of? As far as Frenchies go, yeah. I mean, they, they're going to have ear problems. They're going to have skin problems. You just know you're going you're to be seeing a lot of your veterinarian. If you really like your vet, then that's great. If you don't like your vet, you need to find a vet that A, knows Frenchies. And, I, you know, people, do, they, they really want to know. It's, it's been great for me because of, I, I, once the word gets out that I, I'm a, a Frenchie doc, and I have another one of my colleagues here in town also, he breeds Frenchies, actually. And I would say between he and I, we, we probably see, I don't know, 70% of the Frenchies in L.A. I mean, we right. see a lot of French. So when you're, when you're going to buy, when you're thinking about buying um, or adopting a French bulldog, especially if you're at a breeder, what kind of health related question should a potential owner ask? Well, you know, I mean, first of all, as with any breed, you want to see the parents. Um, it would be great. And I tell people to do this all the time. If, if, if you should ask to talk to the veterinarian because you, you're, you're con considering, you know, getting the dog, you want to know what issues they have. And of course, you're going to hear more from the veterinarian. Um, and, uh, and you see, so you have to get permission. And, and this is really a, a good pointer for any dog that you're going to adopt, you're going to buy, um, you, especially online, there's so many online sales. If that person, if that seller is not quick to give you the name of their veterinarian and we willing to call them, then pass, then go on to the next webpage because you do not want to work with someone who doesn't have that information. You want to make sure that, you know, the vaccine records are good, but you want to know what kind of problems, if any, do the parents have because of the genetics, it's very, it's more likely 
that a, a, a dog that again it, it may not be a deal breaker because they're, they're we see this in so many frenchies and they are so darn cute that if but if there are some issues you at least you want to know in advance if both parents had surgery for example on their nares or both parents had to have their you know the the, the elongated soft palates um uh, repaired and shortened then that might uh, at least you know going into it that that's probably you're gonna have right How about or, even, spine? or even eye problems exactly or or even the spine now it's so interesting if you look at an x-ray a lateral view of a, of a spine of a frenchie it has like a, it's like a dome and 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 it, it, it's it's in the middle it's called the thoracolumbar area and it's sort of like the whole spine comes to a point and What's so interesting about that is that a friend of mine is a veterinary surgeon and he does a lot of the back surgeries. When Frenchies have their back problems, and they do, Frenchies will often get have disc disease. Many of them actually need surgery. And if you don't get to surgery fast enough and that disc erupts and explodes, it becomes a type one explosive disc, you can have a paralyzed Frenchie. And so they, they do have their spine issues. So it's very important to know that as well. And, um, but interestingly, the areas of the, of the disc disease that, that causes the problem is not in that region, that, that center region that looks so funky on an X-ray and the vertebrae looks so abnormally shaped. That's not usually where they blow the disc. So I, I thought that was interesting. They will get cervical discs, which is the neck, mm -hmm. and they can also get the, the lumbar discs. And th those are the ones that are very important. And if you have a dog, if you have a Frenchie that is starting to have any kind of mobility issues, pain issues, spine issues, you need to have them seen very, very uh, immediately because um, if you get to, if they do need surgery, the sooner, the better. The sooner, the better. Wow, Dr. Jeff, how enlightening. I mean, really so many problems with the breed. I mean, yeah, they're cute, but I mean, you know, how much is cuteness worth? I think at the end of the day, if one can't <laughs> afford the dog, then maybe you should think about something else because dogs offer so many other things, companionship, love, the ability to get outside. The studies have shown the ability to reduce your blood pressure and even know your neighbors. Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for uh, joining me today here on the Pet Buzz. Before you go, give us your website so our readers can learn more about you and that the fact that you're the Frenchie vet. <laughs> so you can, uh, reach me, if you can reach me um, at, well, drjeff.com is my website. Um, I, I have my radio show, as you know, on Sunday mornings on Pet Life. Um, and um, I also, what I do, I, I do a simulcast now. While I'm doing my show, I have my, my, my uh, Instagram live going at the same time. So I'm sort of kind of doing both cameras. I'm looking at the phone, I'm looking at the laptop. As I'm doing the show and they're writing in, uh, they might ask me a question. When someone asks a weird question, they think they might even preface it by saying, oh doc, this is kind of a weird question. And all of a sudden they start with the question. I, I already know what they're gonna ask and the answer, why? Because they're not the only ones that have this problem. I guarantee that, that a very large percent of other people listening already, already also have that problem, but we're afraid to ask. And so there's nothing, nothing new under the sun. It's all, it's like been there, done that. When well, that makes it really fun. And then also AirVet. AirVet is, you know, my, my little toy. Uh, we are, we've become the best uh, telemedicine platform, the largest in the nation, and basically providing 24-7 concierge care to every single pet parent whose vet wants to, at some point during the day or in the weekend, want to have a break and be with their families. But the pets don't care about that. They, when they get sick or they have a problem, that could be 24-7 anytime, and we want to provide the veterinary care to help them. Many of my, my, uh, my virtual visits are with millennial parents, and like you said, they, they do this for themselves. So why sure. not have that, have that convenience 
to be able to do today and not have to fight New York City traffic or LA traffic or just, you know, be in a car and sit in or now with COVID not be able to go inside or uh, the people who trample our Florida during the season. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, Dr. Jeff, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure having you here. Love the Dr. Jeff energy. No wonder he loves Frenchies. And actually, you know what I even think that was really interesting about this conversation is that Dr. Jeff takes part in the meetup groups. So I think it's I think meetup groups are a great way to get to know other people in your community, as well as other pet owners who have the same breed of dog because it's another great way to share information so just to remind everyone that was dr jeff werber a great veterinarian great entrepreneur and great communicator discussing the french bulldog and notable breed health problems so up next since french bulldogs are so popular and of course and there are a lot of unscrupulous folks out there who might want to steal one from you we want to give you some tips on how to protect yourself and your frenchie when you're out and about on the town or just walking in your neighborhood security expert robert siciliano is up next stay tuned you don't want to miss this you are listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and veterinarian dr michael fleck We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and and country. Well, the dog napping of Lady Gaga's dog and the shooting of her dog walker made news around the world. Right, Dr. Fleck? Made news right here, too. Yeah, around the world. But the kidnapping of the French Bulldog is not necessarily just happening to celebrities. It's happening to your friends, your neighbors, and other dog owners. My clients. Your your clients. Absolutely. But whether you have a French Bulldog or another dog, how can you take precautions and protect yourself when you're walking your dog on the street? This is something I think about every single day because I'm walking four dogs. So what am I going to do to protect ourselves? Well, our next guest is going to give us some helpful information, some great tips. And joining us today is the number one best-selling Amazon.com author of five books and CEO of Safer.me. He is serious about teaching you about fraud, prevention, and personal security. Robert is a security expert and private investigator, fiercely committed to informing, educating, and empowering people so they can protect themselves and their loved ones from violence and crime in their everyday lives. His tell it like it is style is a favorite source for dozens of major media outlets, such as Anderson Cooper of CNN, Fox News, The New York Times, and The Wall Street Journal. So Robert, thank you for joining us this morning to talk about how to protect ourselves and our dogs when walking on the street. 
So I'm going to go ahead and ask the first question. You know, Robert, in past years, dog napping really revolved around a car pulling up in front of your house, luring a grabbing a dog that was left out in the yard. But now it's it's very different. Now, especially with French bulldog owners and other popular breeds of dog, they're actually being stolen while they're with their owners on walks in the park or even in their cars. Can you share a few tips with us about how to protect our dogs and ourselves? Yeah, this is kidnapping, you know, uh, and uh, it's awful. Uh, And, you know, generally when it comes to uh, theft, I always tell people that um, do not fight over material items that it's not worth a box cutter across the face. But this is different. You know, this is another being. Uh, This is something that, you know, breathes air and has blood, right? So when it comes to protecting your pet, um, I think that people feel that they would want to protect that being the same way they would protect, you know, a loved one or a child. And so over the years, uh, through various studies, we have learned that resistance, uh, eight out of 10 times, sometimes nine out of 10 times, resistance is the best way to get out of a dangerous situation. And that might mean yelling and screaming, which is a form of resistance, or it might mean getting physical. And getting physical might mean uh, lunging at and being offensive towards your attacker, in this case, a kidnapper so or a thief. Uh, getting physical means going for the eyes, the nose, the throat, the groin, the instep of the foot, using every part of your body to debilitate parts of their body, in this case, the attacker, uh, in in taking them down to the ground or at least uh, making it difficult for them to accomplish what they set out to do. But it's just so interesting uh, about the concept of fighting back. So I guess, Dr. Fleck, what do you think? What what, we got to ask Robert, what should we fight back with, right? Yeah, I love the frankness of which he's really sharing this with us. I appreciate, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate, you're not holding anything back on how to protect yourself. Not at all. So when it comes to personal protection, protecting yourself, your own body, right? It boils down to self-defense, understanding how to avoid and remove yourself from a dangerous situation, understanding basic self-defense techniques, right? Again, going for the eyes, the throat, the groin, the instep of the foot. And that means using your hands, the palm of your hand, your fingers, your elbows, your forearm, your knees, debilitating the most vulnerable parts of your attacker's body using the strongest parts of your body. So understanding basic self-defense, I think, should be fundamental for all humans on earth, you know, taking a self-defense class, which most people really haven't done. There's an awful lot that goes into personal protection. Well, you know, I've, I've shared with Charlotte when she walks her dogs to take the mace with her, but I've also recommended, and I've recommended this to my own clients when they're walking their dogs, that they should at least take a bat with them. Is that wrong to be thinking of taking that kind of a weapon along with so mace? A blunt, instru- blunt instruments definitely have their place. Um, and I'm a fan. That said, uh, pepper spray is excellent. So pepper spray is good for dogs, it's good for bears, and it's good for humans. And what it does is it attacks the mucous membranes in the eyes, nose, and throat. And when you spray pepper spray in a dog's face, bear's face, human's face, uh, they inhale it, it attacks their eyes, their breathing. They cough, they choke, it makes it very difficult for them to pursue uh, their their mark, their victim. Uh, And so a pepper spray for 15, 20 bucks uh, can do 
a lot of temporary damage that isn't necessarily blunt force, but will get you out of a potentially dangerous situation. And it can spray 5, 10, 15 feet, whereas a bat, you need to be right on top of somebody. Okay. Okay. So uh, do you think it's a good idea if I keep it on like my wrist? Yes. Always accessible. My daughter takes it back and forth to school every single day. And I say that thing is not going to do you any good buried in the bottom of your bag. Either have it like on your belt, uh, in your pocket, in your hand, in your coat pocket. Always have it accessible. It needs to be right, ready, accessible to you in the event that somebody approaches you, you, you sense danger, you sense aggression. And you go right for their face. And sometimes, you know, um, spray spray first, ask questions later. So you, you spray the attacker. What should I do? Should I call the cops? What, sh- should, what, should, what should be the course of my action? Yeah. So always, you know, best case scenario is get to a safe place, whether that's in your home, in your car, uh, the nearest neighbor, whatever the case might be, getting help. Uh, and then, you know, once you're in a safe environment, where you have the bandwidth to pick up the phone and make a call, fine. People who are buried in their mobile phone while they're walking their dog are just asking for trouble. So now let's think of an awful experience. The dog is taken, okay? So give us an idea of what we should do. So, you know, what people might be inclined to do is start running after the car, getting in front of the car, uh, you know, get, getting themselves deeper into a dangerous situation. Right. And, you know, if it's a loved one, I could see like why you would do that. A loved one being a child or even a dog. Um, but you have to be really careful with that because, you know, carjacking is on the rise right now. You know, there was, it was a big thing back in the nineties um, and early two thousands it's back again. And um, I'm seeing left and right people getting killed by their own vehicle because they're jumping in front of the vehicle because they want to save the vehicle from the bad guy. I mean, it's just like, and they're getting run over by their own car. You know, I think this is great advice because so many times people don't think about what they would do in these type of situations. Now, yeah. I'm just curious about one other thing. So should you only be walking to, to let's talk about avoidance, right? Should you only be walking your dog in the light time hours? You know, that's like the most practical thing, right? Mm-hmm. Have there been kidnappings with via dogs in broad daylight? Of course there have, you know, does it only happen at night? No, but uh, are there safer places to walk your pet than others? Sure. You know, the, what it all boils down to is you're going to walk your dog whenever it's most convenient for you. You're going to, you know, go wherever it is that you're is in the surrounding areas of your home and in your environment. So all of that, you know, yeah, only walk it at daytime in most populated areas. And you could do all these things and check all those boxes and reduce risk, right? But in the end, it boils down to situational awareness. This is fundamentally how it works. Okay. So just pay attention, you know, uh, look behind you, look to the right, look to the left, knowing what's going on in front of you, pay attention to what's going on the road. You know, they, they, they say when it comes to situational awareness, like walk around, like your head's on a swivel. How about a website? Yeah. So you can see me and my team online at protectnowllc.com. So protectnowllc.com or just Google Robert Siciliano. And I own the first three pages of search. Great. Awesome. Well, just to remind you, that was Robert Siciliano, 
CSP, the number one best-selling Amazon.com author of five books and CEO of Safer Me. Robert is a security expert and private investigator fiercely, as we have found out today, if you didn't know. He was like this last time he was on the show. Committed to informing, educating, and empowering people so they can protect themselves and their loved ones, including their dogs, from yes. violence, crime, in everyday life. And as you know, he said it best. It is happening all around us. We have to protect ourselves, our property, and most importantly, our loved ones. Yes. So before we go, we want to remind you to visit the website at thepetbuzz.com. We encourage you to sign up for our newsletter at thepetbuzz.com. And I can't forget, I want to give you guys a preview of next week's show. So next week, I'm talking with Dr. Paul of Nat Geo Wild Show, the incredible Dr. Paul, as well as Sterling Davis of Trap King Humane Cat Solutions, who is a known educator throughout the United States of Trap, Neuter, and Return. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. We thank them very much. Next week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about new cancer research concerning our dogs and new communication research concerning our cats. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the Link podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.